Hi there, I'm Alan Mann, and this is Stories in Stride, brought to you by American Region Animal Health, the makers of Ataquan IM. In this series, we take a glimpse into the remarkable true events of those who have left their mark on our equestrian community. We hear the heartbreaks and triumphs and the untold stories of our equestrian heroes and their amazing animals. The journey starts now. Today, our special guest is Sean Flarida. Sean is the all-time leading earner in the National Reining Horse Association with over $6.5 million in winnings. He has won the level four NRHA futurity six times, as well as dozens of other prestigious championships, including the NRHA Derby and the All-American Quarter Horse Congress. Sean made the U.S. proud when he won individual and team gold at the World Equestrian Games' first ever reigning event in 2002, and is the highest medal earner in the event's history. With a record like that, it's no wonder he is a member of the NRHA Hall of Fame. But if there is anything he is more dedicated to than his role as an athlete, it's his commitment to being a great horseman, husband, and father. Please welcome an amazing equestrian and a close friend, Sean Flarida. Thanks for having me. It's a joy to have you, Sean. And I'm curious to try to understand where your incredible journey with horses began. You know, it began probably from my father, believe it or not. We always had horses from the time I was just a real little child or little baby. Um, And my dad always loved horses. So that's where that love and uh, that part of my life started from. So I can't never remember of time of not having a horse in my life. And were these uh, just uh, riding horses or these athletes or? (laughs) Well, we, I don't know if they was athletes. We rode them, but they wasn't real good, you know, but there again, my dad liked reining horses. So obviously that's where we kind of uh, migrated to. But um, dad did his best to keep me on some really good horses as a young boy, and and we did okay. So from that to starting out your career as a professional, what were some of those early challenges that you faced? You know, I think it's the same for anybody as far as getting the right quality of athlete, the right horse, getting the right owners to help you in getting that position and the right people around you. I think that's the hardest thing. I think in my career, I was very fortunate to have the right people around me, a great supporting cast with my wife and my father. And then with my dad being around the the core horse world all his life, um, introduced me to the right people and just one step led to another. But getting them owners, being able to pick the horses and get the right horses, I think that's the most important part. You know, obviously, you got to learn your sport and become a good horseman to train your horse. And, and I think I did a pretty good job with that. But uh, sometimes I think my ability might be better in just picking horses and picking athletes. And that's super, super important in this sport. That's a gift to be able to look at a horse and see something special that uh, clicks with you. And not everybody has that gift. And so you know, some of our listeners may not be that familiar with this sport of reining. So can you give us a little uh, reining 101 class here on <laughs> how it works? I will do my best. It's, it's, it's a little hard to describe, as you know. So reining is a, a very fine-tuned performance horse. 
And basically what you're doing is taking a, a horse that has a lot of ranch horse qualities or they would use out on, uh, you know, on a field ch- chasing cows or stopping and turning cows and doing stuff like that. We take some of the maneuvers that a horse is doing and put in a show ring, obviously without cows. But uh, there's nine to eight different maneuvers in a reining horse pattern. You know, you, you try to go in and show your horse off to the judge. A reining horse is usually a very quiet horse, um, very patient has to wait on you to make the decisions and then allow him to go perform his maneuver. The maneuvers would consist of doing some large fast circles and then slowing down in like one stride or two and going super slow and showing that judge the degree of difficulty first and foremost, but the ability for that horse to listen to you. The other two signature moves for a reining horse are obviously it's spin. And where it would do a spin would be a spin on the hind haunches. So he'll place a hind leg in the ground and go around the, his hind end with his front end, stepping over and crossing the front. And then, of course, the biggest maneuver a reining horse does is a sliding stop. And that's where he'll actually take and put his hind legs in the ground and hold them. And he'll actually pull his front end with his front legs. And it's really, really, really unique. I've been fortunate enough to uh, attend some of your big events that you've competed at and always fascinated. Uh, by the spin. That's what's amazing about these athletes. The the things that they can do with their body, I mean, they are superior. In my position, to be able to train those horses and be around them, it is an honor. I mean, I look forward to going to work and seeing what they're like. There's some young horses out here in the barn right now that are just, I mean, it, there's this, this, this exciting, you know. Um, I, I, I get excited about it. I remember the first time I ever was on a reining horse and the, it was Don Murphy. And, oh my gosh. And he assumed that I had been doing this for a while. So he said, Alan, so let's just uh, start doing some circles. And I started going to my left. <laughs> Seemed like forever. And he goes, okay, now let's go to the right. And by the time I was done, I was like nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally, I got sick to my stomach. So I guess that doesn't happen to you, huh? <laughs> well, not too much. But I've been, you know, like I say, I've been doing it all my life. But you say that sometimes uh, as young horses, when you're starting them, if you spin them too many times in a row, they can get dizzy also. So you have to be kind of smart about it. Okay. Well, that was, I'm glad to know that it just wasn't me. <laughs> okay. How many years have you been in the reigning world? You know, I graduated in 1988 and started training horses in 1989. So uh, a long time. What is that? 25 years long? I, I hate to even figure it up. I'm getting old. Actually, 35. If you I know. That's why I, I sit here thinking 25. <laughs> you're way low. But a no, long time. Yeah. And I, I started riding horses, uh, you know, fairly young from what my dad said, you know, like seven or eight. But um, shoot, I don't know what I would do without a horse. The futurity is the most sought at after championship and reigning and you've won it six times how did it feel riding into that competition the first time oh the first time that was such a long time ago i i I made the finals the first year i went out on my own um in 1989 and of course the the first time you make it i was scared to death you know and nervous obviously you learn kind of what you did wrong and kind of what you did right and keep going from there and i watch all my peers some great horsemen so I, I got to watch a lot and try to learn and see what they did. But it's it's definitely a learning experience. You know, I think you got to learn to be a horseman. You got to learn to be a horse trainer. 
And you got to learn to be a great showman. There's so much that goes into it to go be successful. And is there uh, a particular futurity that stands out over the rest? <laughs> you know, that first one is always, I think, the, the hardest one, which was in 2002. I wanted to own a little horse called Wimpy's Little Step. But I think once I realized I could do it and had the talent, then I just opened up another whole world. And once I had that confidence, I could go run with it. Wow, and you really did run with it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been amazing. I've been fortunate enough to have seen a few of your wins. And so, you know, let's uh, change gears here a little. Uh, so, you know, the disappointments are just part of our life, uh, especially in the horse world. Uh, do you have any recollection of a high stakes ride or another moment in your career when things didn't work out as you'd hoped? Oh my God. They're, they're, unfortunately, there's a lot of those and you remember those. I, I was in Lexington, Kentucky uh, for the World Equestrian Games and you was there with me, I believe. And we got to the finals and uh, slowed down to my small, slow circle and the stirrup broke. And obviously that cost us that win there. Um, or, you know, maybe we wouldn't have won it, but we'd have been in the top two or three. You know, I, I've had horses that I showed at the Rain Fraternity or the Congress and, you know, they fell down or they stumbled or whatever it may be. So you're going to have some moments that don't go exactly like you want them to go. I read a book one time and Jimmy Johnson, which was a coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he said the highs are never as high as they seem and the lows are never as low as they seem. I try to always remind myself of that because sometimes it's easy to get down and it's uh, sometimes easy to get too high. Yeah. And it, no matter what we're doing in life, um, those disappointments are going to happen. And I've uh, read where, um, you know, it's the difficult times in life that really define us, how we handle them. And I remember that uh, World Games in Lexington. And, you know, you were having a, a wonderful ride up to that point when all of a sudden, wow. <laughs> You didn't see it coming. Nobody else saw it coming. But what impressed me more than anything at that time, Sean, was uh, the way you handled it. You just uh, you just got off your horse, tipped your hat, and just uh, walked out of the arena. And I don't know what you did after that, but <laughs> what you showed to the world <laughs> was a class act. And uh, I've seen you succeed so many times. And I'll always remember that, not for what happened, but for how you handled it. Pretty amazing. So getting back to the horses. So what do you look for in a, in a reigning horse? What are the qualities that you try to find in one? I think the most important part on a reigning horse is he's got to be trainable. That brain is so, so, so important. If a horse won't let you train him, it don't matter how much talent he has, it won't be no good. And so which horse in your career really has had the greatest impact on your life? Oh my, probably more some that aren't bad as far as taught me lessons and stuff. But you know, I, I've been fortunate to be around so many great ones. You know, obviously, Sanjo Freckles won a gold medal for us in 2002 over there in Spain. He taught me a ton. That was a super intelligent horse. And he, he taught me some things and made me feel really stupid at the same time. But a lot of them horses do. You know, you got to study your sport, study them horses, and try to think like a horse. I walk out of that barn on a daily basis thinking, man, I am the dumbest man ever to walk. But it, it's hard to think and understand the way a horse thinks. And uh, it's, a, it's a constant work in progress. 
So can you take us back to to those games and, and just share some of the highlights of it? Oh my goodness, that was so much fun. So for one, I'm I'm not very old, but at the same time, I'd never been out of the country. So the whole experience as far as me flying over, taking my mom and dad, taking my family, taking my kids, uh, one kid actually at that time, and um, just going through all that was overwhelming. But once I got on that horse's back, everything else fit in exactly what it was supposed to be. But here again, I was surrounded by great people. So, you know, I think it just took care of itself. You know, I've been, I've been lucky in my career and in my life to be surrounded by the right people. And, man, I can't express how important that is. You know, just, just like meeting you and being able to be associated with you and be around you and pick your brain when I need to, there's nothing better. Well, I appreciate that. And it works both ways. So, you know, did you ever think you would have five gold medals representing the U.S. in these uh, world games? <laughs> no, I never did. I mean, it's, a, it's an honor and it's something that I'm super, super proud of. And, you know, you always tell me to enjoy the journey. And that is so, so important just to enjoy that part. Enjoy those moments. Enjoy those times. And sometimes, you know, I think we get so busy and this, that, and the other, we forget that part. You know, when I was in high school, we had a teacher, I think in the seventh grade, ask us to write a letter to ourselves. And I don't remember what age you could reopen it, but she wanted you to open it as you got older. I wrote in that letter that if I won $100,000 being a reining horse trainer, that I'd be successful. So that was pretty unique. (laughs) Say that, uh, check that one off. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Wow. Wow. That's tremendous. And you've been at it for 35 years. Have you thought the future of the sport's going to look like in 10, 20 years from now? You know, I, and I do, I do think about where the sport's going to go. And, and I think the sport could go to infinity. I mean, you know, our, our horses are getting better. Our running horses are getting better. Our methods of training these horses are getting better. But I think the horses is the main thing. They, they're so fascinating to me just because of their brain. I mean, they are just really, really, really unique. And um, for anybody that's listening, I mean, if you can ever be around a really fancy one or a great reining horse, it's probably like anything as far as the racehorse world or the jumping world. Those horses, those really good ones, I mean, it's like you can talk to them. It's amazing. There's one horse in particular that uh, go back to 2014, Spook's Got a Whiz. Mm-hmm. Jordan Larson actually won the reining fraternity okay. on it. And then uh, he struggled a little bit as a four-year-old, and I kind of got called on the scene. And um, Jordan and Tanya Jenkins actually trained that horse and did a great job. And that's one of my all-time favorite horses also. And uh, he's just phenomenal. I mean, and he's a big old, great, pretty stud. He's so quiet. He's just, he's like a big puppy dog. And that was a horse that uh, you rode in uh, France at the World Games, right? Yeah, and he was awesome over there. I mean, he had to be uh, a great friend of mine, Andrea. Uh, he went in right before me, and he marked a humongous score. I don't know what he marked, but it seemed like uh, too big a mountain to climb at the time. But I knew I had the right horse to to go definitely uh, either beat him or, or tie him. And But I had to be perfect, I mean, because he went in, and he was flawless. And uh, thank God my horse didn't let me down, and I didn't let my horse down. Yeah, that was pretty spectacular. I don't know if everybody would agree, but that was almost a dream team. 
you know, it was, um, it was a, an amazing group of horses and an amazing group of riders. Uh, you know, we had Mandy McCutcheon, we had Andrea, we had Jordan, we had myself, but it was just a phenomenal group of people and a phenomenal group of horses. You know, when I think about it, Sean, we have been so blessed to, uh, to have around these animals as long as we have. It, it, and it's, it's been fun. And I, and I look forward to the future. Yeah, yeah, the future's here. We're making it every day, right? <laughs> exactly. What advice would you offer to parents of a child who is starting out with the horses now? You know, try to get them the best possible horse that they, that they can afford to get. And then also to find the best coach or the best people that they think to, to surround that child with and get him the most success or her the most success. But go and, and push as hard as you can and make sure that that young person's personality matches up with that professional. And if it don't change, you know, I think that's so, so, so important. With your three children, uh, have you had to prompt them to get on a horse or? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got three kids and they are the three perfect children of all, but only my youngest really wants to ride. And uh, I'm so proud of it. I always, always had the horses there for the kids if they wanted to, but never told them one time to ride. And I don't think I've ever told Sam one time to saddle his own horse or, or go do it. He himself has always taken that initiative. I think that's kind of the way it's got to be. You can't push the, the horses on them. But um, when he comes out there and he rides, it, 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 it sure makes me proud, and I sure do enjoy it. So do you get nervous when you watch him? Oh, my God. Yeah, I get a lot more nervous for him than I do myself. <laughs> but, uh, I, my dad told me, he said, that's normal. He said, I did it with you. So he said, uh, turnaround's fair play. Uh, that's wonderful. What a, what a blessing for Sam to have a father like you to not only lead the way in the horse world, but to uh, just help him with life lessons. Speaking of that, what is the best advice you've ever received in your equestrian career? You know, if it, my dad probably gave it to me. If it's not working, change it. And it was very simple, very down to earth. And, and, the, and the day that he told me that, I was trying to turn this horse around and I had a particular method that I was using and it wasn't working and it was frustrating me. And that's what he told me. He said, if it's not working, change it. And it was very simple, very direct. And, and you could probably use it in a, in a number of different directions or a number of different things in life. But uh, that was very good advice. Sean, this has really been just a treat for me, and I just want to thank you for sharing your life with us and our listeners. And Thank you for having me. I want to ask you a question. So what's the best advice you've ever been given? <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, I, I, <laughs> come, on, come on, Alan. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gotten so much advice. But I would say um, just keep showing up, you know. Just every day, keep showing up. You know, I, I've been really fortunate, Sean, because I've, I've been around the horses since 1975. And back in the day when I was uh, training and driving standardbreds, that, that's where I learned humility. Because I, like you, had some embarrassing moments in my career. And, uh, but you can't hide. You just got to keep showing up every day, no matter whether those days are tough ones or they're good ones. You just keep showing up. As you have shown us, uh, uh, the good far outweigh those bad days. They do. They do. They do. 
and that is the blessing. So well, I'll give my best to Michelle and hopefully we'll see you somewhere down the road sooner versus later. Well, I can't wait to see you, man. Stay safe and stay healthy. As always, thanks for listening. Before you go, please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast. We want you to be the first to know of the incredible stories we have lined up in the coming episodes. Until then, happy riding.